I watch film, but I'd be honest, I mean, when I first started watching film, I was just watching the game. Hello everybody, welcome to the UK Packers podcast. As usual, it's your host, at NFL on Twitter. And of course, follow the group at UK Packers. And as usual, me old buddy, me old pal, at Ryan Peacock NFL is on the line. Ryan, how are you doing? Uh, still in a state of shock, confusion. I don't know. I don't know how else to describe it. I mean, there's been some crazy moves. We've lost a friend in Sam Barrett and we've lost a, you know, a, a, almost a all every year Pro Bowl lineman in uh, Josh Sitton. We've got no long snapper. We got rid of both our punters. We, you know, it's wow. Who saw all this coming? Yeah, I'm in the five stages of grief um, at the moment. I think I'm on stage three for Josh Sitton crazy just madness i mean people keep saying oh you know oh he's went all ted thompson on it but has he i don't remember this do you remember this type of ted thompson i've never seen anything like it's normally every year the cut downs are quite obvious and there'll be one or two guys that have done well that you think oh they've they've got a chance i'd like it if they made it and they don't and but it's nothing like this i mean some of the names carl bradford i think we might have said in the other one that we saw him possibly being cut he has been Mm. um you know but a lot of the guys, I guess, uh, a lot of the guys that got cut in that last cut down maybe were, we could have seen it coming. Yeah. Carl Bradford, I think, is a big name. Uh, I think quite a few of them, like the Beniquez Brown and maybe Casey Pierce, uh, even Brandon Ross, those guys may end up back on our practice squad. Um, but Sam Barrington being let go, and it's obviously, I think we've heard now he's joined the Chiefs, so he claimed him on waivers. Yeah. Uh, Geronimo Allison's another guy. He might, I guess, go practice squad. But the Josh Sitton one for me is, is just one I still don't understand. Yeah, I'll tell you what, right? So what we do is, this is the 53-man podcast. So I guess let's tackle the easy stuff first um, and then come on to the more wild stuff in the end. So, I mean, quarterbacks, they've kept three. Some people are surprised at that. Some people aren't so surprised at that. Are you um, happy they kept the Irishman? Yeah, good old Joey Callahan, absolutely. Um, do you know what, Ryan? Like with this, with Brett Hundley, like you know, did, well, this is how I feel about it. And I suppose you you can throw in your two cents thereafter, right? Because people are surprised by it, and, and I'm not surprised by it one bit. Now I have read online they go Joe Callahan didn't uh, get onto the squad because of blah blah blah. He played his way there. Kinda. I mean, you know, he he's a great guy. Some some great throws. Uh, obviously, he's from. I'm going to say it's from County Offaly, and that's where it sounds like. You know, Brett's injured. He's also brilliant. Uh, he was the best. He was the MVP of the preseason, or whatever you can think about that, uh, last year. And this is a guy who is seen as, if Aaron Rodgers was in his twilight years, then Brett could be, you know, person you could get excited about. He was going to come in and take it by the horns. But we all know that Brett Hundley's going one way, and that's traded. Brett Hundley's going to be traded away for draft picks. He's not seen as a successor to Aaron Rodgers and when that day comes you need a backup quarterback you know like they kept Matt Flynn around for too long uh, let him go and brought him back so for Joe Callahan it's going to be the same they're developing Joe Callahan to come in behind to take the number two spot when they get rid of Brett Hundley now Callahan's showed some promise and Aaron Rodgers has spoke highly of him and how great he's been doing in camp and you know obviously he's been getting most of the snaps uh, Marquise Williams being let go I mean that, that was a no-brainer we predicted that I mean, how do you see it, Ryan? Do you see Joe Callan has played his way onto the team or do you think that it is just a case where Brett's injured and then he's not going to be injured but then he's going to be traded away anyway? Yeah, I think the problem is it's, it's difficult to 
compare Joe Cannon and Brett Hundley because we didn't really see a lot of Hundley in this preseason because uh, I think the, the one time he played, he injured his ankle. Mm. Um, you know, so it's, it's hard to, but definitely Joe, Joe Callahan deserved to be on this squad because he's been lights out in the preseason. I'm surprised. Um, I'm surprised that we've kept three quarterbacks because I did think Joe Callahan would be the practice squad guy. Yeah, I think same, he still yeah. might be. I think he still might be, but I think he's there for the moment, probably until Brett Hundley gets 100%. Um, and then more than likely, Joe Callahan will be one of those guys who go through waivers probably and then and hopefully end up on our practice squad so we can keep him around. Um, there's obviously a few guys that have got to come back in. Yeah. Uh, that, you know, you possibly your Corey Lindsley's, which have got to come back onto the squad. Uh, even is it Mike Pennell's going to be back on the squad? You'd have yeah, to think. Is, yeah, yeah, uh, definitely. You know, yeah. Um, we're hearing, as we said earlier, no, no long snapper. We're hearing that it's very likely that we're going to re-sign Brett Brett Good. So obviously, when he comes back to the squad, somebody's got to go for that person. So obviously, what we don't know yet is when the likes of these people are going to come. Obviously, the long snapper will have to be on the squad before the start of the season. Corey Lindsley, we don't know exactly when he's going to be back. Mike Pennell will be back at the end of his suspension. I think Joe Callahan's there at the minute because Brett Brett Hundley won't be able to won't be at a hundred percent or you know or if he is there's probably that chance he could re-injure his ankle if he was called upon you know let's hope he's not yeah um, so I think he's he's an insurance policy for the time being I think he probably still end up on the practice squad I think the same yeah we're gonna have to make space because even on NFL.com they're waxing lyrical about you know if you want proof that this cutdown is not final and never is final. Look at the Packers, sure, they don't even have a long snapper. So, you know, it's obvious that there's going to be movers and shakers here. Um, which which brings us on to the running back situation, which is interesting because there's been some breaking news on that. So, I mean, you know, all over the Packers website, if you want to look at the final 53. You know, some people again are saying this is surprising online, but I don't see how it's that surprising. So, Eddie Lacey, obviously James Starks. Aaron Ripkowski is going to be there because he has to come in at the fullback role. And then they have Brandon Burks. Now, again... This isn't groundbreaking stuff. Crockett got injured. Brandon Ross and Squirewell, you know, were never going to make the squad. That was kind of, well, we say obvious now, but then we see what happened with Josh Sitton. So, I mean, it blows the whole thing open. But, you know, Brandon Burks was always going to get his spot because, I mean, you're going to need a backup to the, you know, RB2. You're going to need that. You know, there's no way that you can go without it. And again, he's been playing well. I mean, when you look at him in preseason, he has been on Ryan, hasn't he, without the starting O-line and he's made some moves. Uh, so I think he is a, actually a player who's played himself onto the squad. But, I mean, just before we come on the podcast, we did have that breaking news of adding another running back. Yeah, a guy from the Vikings we've claimed on, on waivers, uh, Jarrell Presley. So those that were surprised that we kept uh, the three running backs and Ripkowski, um, we've now got another running back. Now, we posted earlier on Twitter, and when you listen to this, obviously go back and have a look. There's some highlights from him on his Thursday night game, got two touchdowns. He's also a kick returner or a punt returner. Uh, and he, I think he went near enough the length of the field for a touchdown score. Yeah. So it makes you wonder now, he's going to come in, uh, is he going to come in as uh, probably going to replace Brandon Burks, you would think? Because I can't imagine they're going to keep now Brandon Burks. We know Lacey and Starks are staying. Mm. So they're there. Ripkowski's obviously staying. He's the only fullback on the team. Yeah. So if they're bringing this running back in, you're guessing that Brandon Burks is going to go because you can't see that they're going to keep four running backs and a t- and a, and a fullback, so that would be my guess. Is that like you said, this this thing really is, isn't final yet, um, but we'll have to see who's going to go. Yeah, do you know what? Like as as Packer fanatics, and you know, we obviously have a deep knowledge of the Packers. We've went back into Packers history. I mean, we gobble it all up. You know, we love it. But you know, he, 
Ted's made an idiot of us now uh, on the last podcast. Like, oh, Sam Barrington's going to be on the inside. It's going to be great. The two of us said that. The two of us were... And why wouldn't we, you know? Because they waxed lyrical about the likes of Sam. And then they let him go. Now, I can, you know, in hindsight, of course, you know, Vision is is twenty twenty. So when you look at it, Sam Barrington, what he was going to be coming into the last year of his contract, then they were going to have to pay him. Um, and he was injured, so he was kind of untested. But they said he was sort of a sideline to sideline guy. He was great and didn't work out. So yeah, like maybe they let Burks go, but Jesus, you never know at this stage, do you? Because Ted is really coming from left field. Um, and again, I've got a theory on that, but I, may, I might leave it till a little bit later if we just work through the positions a bit more. Uh, again, some of the easy stuff, Ryan, tight end for me. It, I mean, that's locked down. Jared Cook is going to be the number one. Richard Rogers learning behind him coming into two tight end sets and Justin Perillo I'm a big fan of this guy I really like him uh, you know he's been on the roster before uh, but this is his first time coming out of the camp and not being on the practice squad or whatever this is his first time on the, on the main squad uh, I like the guy and I think tight end I think we're looking good yeah I think um, obviously one group is uh, the receivers I don't think uh, if somebody had given you seven receivers to pick they're probably the seven names you'd have picked Yeah. so I don't think there's a I don't think there's a surprise in the personnel in the receivers However, I think the biggest surprise is that we have seven. Yeah. Obviously, Jeff Janis is it got the injury at the minute, mm. but I can't see us going properly into the season with seven receivers. So, I, I, is that somewhere we're going to lose one? Do you know what we might do? I think who is in danger is actually Trevor Davis. Now he lit up yeah uh, training camp, but he is a return guy and he's seen as the return guy. Um, I don't know. I think he's in danger now with with getting the guy from the Vikings here. It remains to be seen. It it'll be terrible for him to get this far. It's it's kind of as painful as Mortel that he got so far, and then when he got cut, you were thinking, oh, that's okay. He's lost out to the veteran. He still holds some trust and sentiment. And you know, Crosby obviously looks at Maste and says, "I need you." And then they cut him as well, and you're thinking, oh, Jesus, you know, so this might happen with Trevor Davis as well. But yeah, like you said, and for those that don't know, uh, Jordy Nelson, Randall Cobb, Devontae Adams, Jeff Janis, Ty Montgomery, Jared Abaderis, and Trevor Davis. The good story uh, with this for me really is, and I know that she sort of gave out to me in a, a few podcasts before, uh, with Aberderis. I mean, I mean that's a good story, isn't he? And that catch he caught against the Chiefs was sick, wasn't it? I mean, how he didn't get concussed on that, I do not know. Yeah, I think... I mean, I was lucky enough to watch him a bit for Wisconsin. Um, I mean, sort of games here and there over in the UK. But from what you always saw of him, he didn't... I don't know how fast he is. I don't know if the number's in front of me. But you always felt that he wasn't electric quick, but somehow he always got a step and he always managed to create a separation. And he does it on that play. He gets that little extra bit that he needs. The defender's really nowhere near him. Um, Yes, he has to sort of stretch out for it and, you know, put it all out there to, to make the grab. But... You know, that's what he can do. And I think he can be a really good player in, in sort of situational plays on this team. Plus as well, he gives you that return as well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he, he's the type of guy where his potential is insane. And he has a knack of these explosive plays, very like Jeff Janis. I, I think the two of them are very interchangeable. They're very similar, which could put one of them in danger in the future if they're too similar, Um, you know, if they don't light it up. But I mean, Ryan, we see that on our wide receiver um squad the whole time i mean when you look at jordy nelson sometimes and randall cobb they're always quoted in the press as not being that fast and but they always make plays and i mean how do you defend the play of an over shoulder throw to jordy nelson where he pirouettes off the side of the the touchline so maybe these young guys might catch on to some of that and somewhere else where we're stacked and i don't know maybe do you have to add on that wide receiver action the only thing i want to ask you is and i'm almost thinking it now as well with the running backs okay because you've got 
I'm just a kid. Running backs, you've got Starks and Lacey that both could potentially be starters. Yeah. Do one of them, not Lacey, but do you think there's any trade value in Starks for a team that's struggling for a running back? And I would say the same for the receivers. Could we see one of those guys in a shock trade? And I don't know who it would be. Would it be would it be an Adams or a Montgomery? I don't know what the value is. Mm. I don't know that it's likely it would happen, but I'm just, just thinking, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to work it out because at the minute, everything that we basically had planned a couple of days ago when we start researching these podcasts, we've thrown it all in the bin and now we've had to go <laughs> since last night when we were meant to be enjoying that Wisconsin LSU game. Oh, yeah. We basically had to start scribbling it down and scrapping to try and find some more. So I don't know. It's just a thought that came across there. But do you think there would be any sort of chance of a trade for either of them positions. Do you know what? I don't... I, I'm going to say I don't think they will and it's going to make a fool of us now. But yeah, you have a good point because some of these guys, like we get excited about them and Devontae Adams is a guy I do get excited about. I think his potential is huge. Two years ago, I I thought to myself, we have another Jennings here. You know, we have a guy, maybe another driver here. I was looking at him thinking he has the, the upside and when Nelson went down, everyone was like, don't worry about it. Next man up, Adams is there. Especially with that performance he put in against the Cowboys, you know? And I was so disappointed that it didn't work out for him. And I think that it definitely can work out for him. Um, but now, w- whether other teams are watching him as closely, I don't know. But but certainly, and, and Ty is another guy that people are very excited about as well, Ryan. Um, so mm-hmm. I think he has got massive trade value. Now, when you look at running backs, you know, obviously not Lacey, but... Well, we say obviously not Lacey, but, you know, how do we, how do we really know? I, I, don't, I don't even want to go there, I suppose. But Starks would have massive value, but again... He's, he's He reminds me kind of of Ben Tate. You know, Ben Tate was behind Arian Foster in Texas and they had the best one-two punch when it came to running backs. And that's kind of what they offer with Lacey and Starks. But when, you know, Ben Tate went elsewhere then away from the Texans, he could never replicate the success because he benefited from a guy like Foster the same way as you would from a guy like Lacey. But Ryan, to be honest with you, this season, the way it's shaping out uh, so far... Ted's got us paranoid. Has he got you paranoid? He's certainly got me paranoid. A little bit, but I think as well, There's, a, I mean, there's other things around the league. So look away from the Packers right now. Baltimore probably had Justin Forsett projected to be their number one, and he gets cut. Yeah. So he's projected to be their starting running back, and, and he had a good good year last year, and he gets cut. So you're starting to think now, you know, if I'm a player right now, I might have made this 53, but I'm still sat there. And, in, mm. you know, unless my name's Matthews or Peppers, Rogers, you're probably sat there going, are we safe? You know, which Ryan, do you know what? Like, and this is the thing, and and this is what I have to keep reminding myself because me and you, our heads melted last night when we found out about the sitting trade. Well, no, it wasn't even a trade; it was just dropped. We died inside a little bit, you know. And you're like, what, what, what is he doing? Why is he? Does he not? And you look at it and go, it's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. But then you remind yourself, these guys do this for a living. Ted Thompson and Mike McCarthy and all of this. That the staff is insanity at places like this and everything is put down to a fine detail um so again they know something that we don't and let me proffer here's the theory i spoke about earlier let let me proffer this theory and tell me if you think this is bs right and we'll add in like a big cow horn if you're gone just don't be an idiot stop right here's my theory is that when when we see the stuff like you know punters being cut and bringing in fresh blood you know and when we see the likes of sitting getting cut now, again, they're saying there might be stuff behind that, like it might be injuries, it might be that he, you know, threw his toys out of the pram because, you know, he wanted to be signed, but they were signing the young guys and he wanted an extension, all this type of stuff, right? But we never know, and there's, there's no real point in speculating too much. I think, and this might be ridiculous, 
is that we have an easier schedule this year, which is the perfect time to blood new blood. So if you have a new guy at a position, it's going to be slightly easier on him. Now again, I notice people screaming at the at the radio or at their headphones or at their iPods or whatever the hell saying, there's no there's such thing as an easy schedule. Yeah, I get it, right? But, you know, the schedule this time around is easier when it's compared to the teams last year. Now, whether they've made some good moves, which every team, you know, does, uh, well then, yeah, it's, it's going to be a bit tougher. But maybe... Ted is looking at this schedule thinking this is the opportunity now for us to get to a Super Bowl obviously that's what we think every year but he's thinking the path is a little bit easier so the best time to cut these guys with all of this experience and to do a bit of experimentation is when the opposition is weaker than what you would expect so our schedule in general it has more teams with losing records last year on top of that if we look at the NFC North now at the moment we have the Vikings without a quarterback and they've brought in Sam Bradford. Now, I know we're going to sort of touch on that later and that could be, you know, could be good, could be bad for the Packers, but maybe that there's too much shift there, especially around bringing in a guy this late. I mean, even if you're Aaron Rodgers, you know, you, you very rarely ever hit the ground running. And then we've seen Megatron go down and we see them going, uh, you, you know, Matt Stafford's going to have to find somebody else to be his go-to guy. Now, I, I'll stop talking in a minute, but I proffered the whole thing of, you know, maybe someone else will step up, maybe someone won't. Like, someone had to step up for us last year, and it didn't happen. So maybe that's not going to happen then for the Lions. And then we go to the Bears, the Bears are the Bears. Let's not go into them, right? So maybe, you know, the NFC North, we have a good chance of reaching the playoffs because hopefully we're definitely, you know, the favourites now to be top of the NFC North and their schedule in general is easier. Is this not the best time to take these risks because they're measured risks with lower risk value now because their schedule's easier? Or am I just talking nonsense? it's you know it's not nonsense but i'm gonna say uh I, I don't really agree with it just because i get the whole thing about trying to blood new youngsters and so on and that's fine but that's what's pre-seasons for when it gets to the season we need our best line now we've been saying we haven't had our best line play together for a few seasons and yet and we probably well we still haven't at the minute because we've still got injuries on it but Josh Sitton's one of those guys that's just been there and he's been a, a bit of a stalwart of that offensive line. And I can't, I, I just cannot see why we would let him go now. I think, did you say earlier, I see on your Twitter feed, that he was the, was it fifth or sixth best sixth, lineman yeah, in the league? Yeah, so Lang was fourth and he was sixth. Right. If you've got two offensive linemen that are both in the top 10, mm. I mean, that's that's crazy good. Okay, offensive linemen, good ones, are not easy to come ab- come by. How many years did we have Marshall Newhouse on our offensive line? <laughs> the and as ba- yeah, and as bad as he was, he stuck around because it's some you know it's hard work to get good offensive linemen that can really dominate their position, open up your run game, and protect your passer. Yeah. So you know you look at the guy. I can't remember his name, but if you go years back to the Bears, I mean. If I remember, Jay Cutler was pushing around one of his offensive linemen, and they were they were arguing on the sideline, and his lineman was laughing at Cutler. Mm. You know, I don't know what what I'm trying to say is these. It's it's not the kind of position that I feel we should just be cutting away good proven players. This guy's play hasn't gone downhill. He's not old. He's not overly struggling with injuries. I don't know. Hopefully, at some point, it all comes out so it starts to make sense. But no, I don't think it was a good time to let him go. And I, I'll be honest, the only reason, I guess I can't really say what if it was a good or a bad time to let him go because we really don't know why he's been let go. It's one of those things, Ryan, isn't it, that if this works out, you go, Ted, you are a genius. If it doesn't work out, I think this would really put an awful lot of pressure 
on Ted Thompson from the very top because he's done a lot of stuff this year that we haven't seen from him before. There's six undrafted rookies on the team. I mean, that's that's the only time in Ted Thompson's 11 years as GM that that's, that's ever happened. So, I mean, you know, he's, he's taking risks with younger players here and I don't know if this is going to pay off. If it does, genius. If it doesn't... I know. And I think I, I read a, an article on ESPN by Rob Domofsky. Um, if you're not following him, go and follow him because he's, he's always up to the minute with his news. But he says, you know... Who's going to replace him, basically? it's At the moment, it looks like it's Barkley or Taylor. Now, we know you've got... I think you're always ready with your Don Barkley stats. Lane Taylor's been okay in preseason, but I really don't know much more about him. I guess normally the replacement for that position would have been uh, JC Tretter. Yeah. Yeah, but as obviously Corey Lindsley's injured at the moment, Tretter's at centre. And, you know, he'll do a fine job there. He's done it before, so... Being realistic now, unless we trade for somebody, whether we pick somebody up on waivers, whatever, we're probably looking at Barkley or Taylor starting in that position. Does that worry you? Yeah, it does. Um, <laughs> as you said, with the with the Barkley stats, let me hit you with it. So, out of in that position, all of the players that were eligible to be graded, there was sixty seven players in that position, and Barkley comes in at sixty sixth. So he's sixty sixth out of sixty seven players and only just he's only barely graded above Paddy last and the rest of the players weren't couldn't even be graded and if they were would they have ended up higher maybe you know Barkley certainly isn't somebody like I know look people despair about this the whole time I don't know how he keeps making a roster spot but obviously the Packers are seeing something in him that we do not see he's filling a need that we do not see the stats don't say that from past performance and if you extrapolate those stats going forwards I don't see any, you know, obviously his potential for me personally isn't that high. Um, But look, Ted Thompson must know something. Now, don't get me wrong. I don't think the Josh Sitton move is a good move. I think it's an awful move. But I'm thinking there has to be something behind it. There has to be more behind it. People are saying money. People are saying he's a back, chronic back injury. But he's only missed two games since he's become a starter. So, I mean, the back injury obviously is manageable. Now, what has happened since last year to this year has he you know what conversations he had with them is he went in and said you know i'm i'm not because apparently he couldn't practice some of the time because of that back injury did they get spooked and think that we can't pay this guy big money for a new contract if doctors or whoever maybe has told him that he's not going to make the mileage i don't know ryan um it, it's very hard to fathom yeah and i think this is one that's going to go on and on and i think unfortunately we'll never know the real reason probably until sort of you know 10 15 years down the line when yeah. nfl films makes a documentary about it by the way <laughs> just 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 to put it out there i don't know if anyone else noticed listening then you you made up a player that was in like 67th position and you even even made him up as an irish player did i you called him paddy last so even your made up <laughs> even 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 your made up players are all irish aren't they <laughs> Every player is Irish, yeah, absolutely. If this, is, if, if this is you listening to to one of our podcasts for the first time, one, wherever you've been, go and listen to the rest <laughs> of them. And two, every single week, Steve manages to get any single mm-hmm. player an Irish connection. Yep. Right. Even even Blake Martinez, he's telling me this guy's out of Cork or somewhere, you know. Yeah, it's the Martinez's of Cove uh, in County Cork, uh, definitely. Because actually, I'm going to hit you with this is that the Spanish invaded to help us out uh, way back a few hundred years ago. So they always go on about... Do you ever hear this? I know, you're going to go, would you stop? So they landed off uh, Cork Galway and they went up 
uh, they were in Kerry as well. So the Spanish Armada came in and landed, and an awful lot of those Spanish guys stayed in Ireland, and that's why Galway girls now, if you look at them, they're you know they're seen as one of the most beautiful in the world. They've got the deep brown eyes and the sort of sallow skin, jet black hair. That's because they're Spanish in descent. So Blake Martinez, you know, maybe his family come over maybe. to Ireland. You know, don't rule it, it out. Like- Sounds like we should be doing the uh, the next Packers meet up in Galway to me. <laughs> yeah, where uh, Martinez anyway, will be there, where his ancestry whilst, is. Whilst we talk about Blake Martinez, then one of the other groups I want to talk about is the linebackers in general. So yeah. at, outside linebackers on the roster, we've got uh, six guys there. Clay Matthews, Nick Perry, Judith Peppers, Dayton Jones, J. Rohn Elliott and Kyla Frackrell. Mm. But at inside linebacker, we've only got the three. So Blake Martinez, Jake Ryan, who we were... I still don't know a great deal about this dude. And Joe Thomas, who's the guy yeah. that we picked up, you know, a couple of years back. So we've only got three in the middle. Obviously, we, we Sam Barrington's gone. He's now joined the Chiefs. Carl Bradford's gone. I haven't heard anything about him yet. But does this not say to you that we're going to end up with maybe a Clay Matthews or somebody back in the middle? Or yeah. are we going to go out there and we're going to pick up a player that's on waivers or, you know, someone that's been released? Yeah, that's what I heard. That's what I've heard definitely uh, is that they're going to have to move Clay to the inside. Now, again, I'm pretty sure they're going into this season thinking, no, no, we're going to have Jake Ryan and Blake Martinez there. It's fine. You know, because we'd said it's going to be Jake Ryan and Sam Barrington and that Martinez will come in and out. But I reckon that they're pushing Martinez from what they've seen of him. They're going to make him the starter. Um, And really, I thought I heard someone say as well that Joe Thomas is the only actually natural inside linebacker. Uh, that they've kind of made it from the other two. I don't know. But yeah, Ryan, I think that's a definite possibility. I reckon if it doesn't go well on the inside um, and, you know, we're leaky on the run, they're going to have to move Clay Matthews back to the inside again. They've got no choice, uh, you know. I just find that really, really disappointing, almost a step backwards to, to, you know, move him back to the position he was at. Yeah. I mean, he didn't do badly at middle linebacker. We're not saying that he's not a good middle linebacker, Mm -hmm. you know. That's fine. He can play there and he can do it very, very well and probably better than a number of other middle linebackers that are genuinely middle linebackers. The problem is, is when you move him in there, what do you lose at outside linebacker? And I think that what we've got to look at is, can Nick Perry do it? Can Dayton Jones do it? Can J. Ron Elliott do it? Mm. You know, these are the guys that are going to have to step up. Julius Peppers is not going to continue being an every down linebacker. No. So what these other guys have got to step up now, we've seen it in flashes. J. Rowan Elliott always looks nice in preseason, and when he gets on the field, he usually rushes somebody or, he do, you know, he does something. Mm. But he's only ever been used here and there. Kyla Fackrell, obviously, again, hasn't done it yet. Need to see something. But Nick Perry and Dayton Jones, two guys that really need to up the game and really step up, and it's even more so if Clay Matthews is going to move inside. Yeah, do you know what? I really like what I'm seeing from Dayton Jones this preseason. He looks like a completely different guy. You know, he looks transformed completely. He's dropped down in weight and he's he's getting sacks. You know, and I think that's what the Packers have seen with Dayton Jones. I think they're confident enough in his ability now because they put the ultimatum to him. They Remember, they haven't took the option to, to get that additional year onto his contract. And I think that's put fire underneath him here to really do some special things. And he's living up to the to the name of that so I mean hopefully he can perform but again Ryan I think what it's doing is is it's leaving so many positions across the team uh, you know up for grabs where you know if Dayton Jones doesn't perform or if the inside linebackers don't perform they're going to have to move Clay from the outside back to the inside so then that's in flux um, you know it 
it gives up Clay to be, you know, hit more and in the huddle more, scrum down to the ground. He's not getting any younger. You know, it's just so dodgy. And then we have down to even special teams play, a play that made Mike McCarthy give up the offensive play calling and move to special teams to try and prove it. Now we don't have a long slapper. Now, a long slapper. Yeah, you see, that's a long... <laughs> Are you talking about the Galway girls again? Talking about the Galway girls again. They're on my mind here, man. And so the long snapper. So we don't have one of those, and we will have one. But I mean, even the holding duties, what we've managed to do is we've managed to get the two sources of our points, people that you want to keep happy, in Aaron Rodgers, and they've got rid of Josh Sitton. And then Eddie Lacy's going to do her scoring and they've got rid of, again, Josh Sitton, who's going to open those lanes for him because all throughout preseason, all we've heard is, is, especially from all the stats, oh my God, Sitton and Treader after opening up a lovely lane here for Lacey just to skip on through. We don't have that anymore. So now we've unsettled Aaron Rodgers, potentially. We've unsettled Eddie Lacey and he's running lanes, potentially. And now we've went and got uh, Shum to come in and hold the ball for Crosby. And that's potentially unsettled him. So all three sources of our scoring have been unsettled here. And that's unsettled me. And very late, very late as well. So... The first time these guys are going to get out of all these new combinations is going to be week one of the season, real. Yeah. And that's that's a worry. Come on then, tell me any other positions. Defensive line's probably pretty much how we knew it was going to be. Yeah, it is, yeah. And I think we're in good hands there. Mike Daniels, I think he's the sixth best uh, defensive boost in the league. So I think we're happy with him. Latroy Guyon, again, is someone that Mike Daniels said is a beast in the gym. Now again, we've got Kenny Clark and Dean Lowry, so... There's obviously an awful lot of fate put into these guys with Christian Ringo in there too. But those like Clark and Larry Ryan, I mean, would you be happy enough that we have two wet around the ears guys in on the D line? Uh I think I think I think the defensive tackle position, defensive end positions, they're they're quite quite hard work, especially defensive tackle. Yeah. Um so I think it's it's great obviously they're in there. We were never gonna cut these guys. I think it was pretty safe they were on the team. Mm. Um but they're going to have to play in bits here and there. Uh, let let the experienced guys do it. Obviously, I think is it is guy on got a suspension to start of the year. I don't know. Uh, have I, have I, I imagined it? No, I don't think so. No, not that I know of. Um, certainly last year he did for that uh, bizarre oh, happening. Is it Mike Pennell? Yeah, or have I yeah, he's suspended. Yeah. I think for four sorry, games. Sorry, yeah. So yeah, so Pennell's got his suspension. Sorry. Yeah. Um, which is probably why Ringo's in there for, to be the guy. Ringo then, once Pennell comes back, I'm guessing Ringo may go. Yeah. Um, unless, of course, you know, there could be injuries or whatever else. Mm. But I think you're probably going to see um, those guys play sort of a bit here and there and, and sort of continue that learning curve. Yeah, you know what? The defence in the secondary, I think, is going to be strong. I mean, the cornerbacks we have in there, excellent Sam Shields, Demarius Randall, Quinton Rollins, uh, Ladarius Gunter. But then Josh Hawkins and, and then McIntyre Dorliant as well. I mean, two guys that kind of shocked me being there. Uh, were you shocked when you saw them making the team? I think shocked because, I mean, secondary is such an important position. I actually mm. think, you know, from the positions I've played on defence, I think cornerback's one of the hardest positions to play. It might be just because I'm overweight and quite slow. <laughs> but I think it's one of the toughest positions. So, yeah, but, I mean, come on, we've had success with this before. You know, undrafted players, um, mm that have come in onto the squad and done well. These two guys, to be fair, have, have, have done well from what we've seen in preseason. And, you know, I've, obviously I haven't I haven't seen them in training, but, if you know, a lot of the things you read on the, on the different guys that are, around, that are around the team on a daily basis are saying that these guys look pretty good. So, yeah, fine. You know, I think we let 
we let a safety go, didn't we? Jermaine Whitehead in that last cut. Yeah, we and did, yeah. uh, there was a couple of cornerbacks. I think Robertson, Daniel, Warren Gatewood were the other two. So, you know, these guys have beat out the competition. They're on the team and, and good luck. You can never have too many good secondaries. Yeah, it was just strange to see them there because I just didn't expect them to make the team. Not big names. I expected them, you know, usual training ground bodies. I mean, as you said, safety, Morgan Burnett, haha, Clinton Dix. I mean, I think they're the sixth best tandem in the league. Uh, we've got Micah Hyde in there, who we get to in a second, actually. That's very interesting. Uh, Chris Banjo, fan favourite. Then Kentrell Bryce and Marwin Evans. Again, two guys that I really honestly didn't expect to have there. I think we're so strong at cornerback and safety. And to keep them in there, I'm not too sure particularly why. But as you said, I mean, if you're stacked with talent, you're stacked with talent. So, Well, I mean, yeah. are we really going to keep six safeties? It depends what they're doing with life. I mean, let's right, let's... This is this is the theory potentially we got here now. They're starting to talk about essentially an undersized linebacker and a, and a big safety, yep. a safety that can come and sort of now transform into this linebacker position. Mm-hmm. Now, this is the only thing this says to me: six safeties and just the three inside linebackers. Is there someone in that mix that they think can be that player? I think they've spoke about Micah Hyde before. It is, yeah, that's exactly it. That's what I was just about to say. Yeah, um, and you know, Morgan Burnett's a big hitter. Don't don't know if he would so much, but maybe they're going to go to this type of thing. Maybe we're going to see plays where there's just the one middle linebacker and the extra safety. You know, we I don't know, but I think it would suggest that there's something going on there. Whether when all these players that are coming back that are out, or or when we sign our long snapper or whatever it happens, you know, is it a safety that goes? Could well be. Is it a cornerback that goes? Could well be. Mm. So. Yeah, two two theories there. Either they're holding them because it gives them a bit longer to have a look at the the undrafted players uh, before they have to make their cut decision, or they're coming up with something new and this is sort of the next progression, I guess, of, of NFL defences. Yeah, it's interesting to see what's going on. Um, but look, with this season, I, I feel dodgy about making any predictions because you just never know. Uh, well, but, we got we got pretty much everyone wrong last week. <laughs> but yeah, but you know what? So did every analyst because when I, I look don't... online and all this stuff, I mean, it, it's the same sort of stuff. You, it's insane. But one interesting development as well, and if you sort of get away, if we... Because are you done with the Packers? Are you happy enough that you've sort of said your pieces or anything else that you want to sort of sob over the mic? No, I don't... No, no, I've, I think I've done most of my crying. Um, the long snap is obviously, it looks like it's definitely going to be break good. So I think it's there. It'll be interesting. There's going to be a couple of more moves around over the next couple of days as, as they get people coming. Um, like I said, with the Vikings guy coming on, somebody's got to go for him to come on the team. And when Brett Good comes in, someone's going to have to go for him to come on the team. So there's still going to be more movements, but I think we've made our way through it. And the only thing I land on is is that, like everybody else, I was despaired, uh, you know, just weeping at home with the whole Josh Sitton thing. And then TJ Lang put up a picture of him and Sitton's jersey and bye to my best friend. And then that made me put on Westlife and rock back and forward in a cold shower again, uh, you know, with sadness. But I'm looking at it now that Teddy knows what he's doing. Uh, you know, Mike McCarthy, they all have it laid out. They're getting a young team, hopefully a young and exciting team. They've got an easier-ish kind of roster and maybe they're going to make some plays. But let's get on to that now and something that I mentioned earlier. There's moves and shakes here with the Vikings. Sam Bradford, what's your initial uh, reaction to this, Ryan? Well, the initial reaction was good quarterback. But then when you see that they've given away the first round draft pick and a conditional pick for the year after. Yeah. You go, whoa, hang on, it's, they're reaching. 
but then I guess the problem is, and I think you, you, when we talked before we came on 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 air, um, you, you said sort of actually his stats are pretty good, and I guess that's where we haven't really been concentrating on Sam Bradford because he's never really had anything to do with our division or, or so on. So yeah, so I'm thinking the Eagles must have been sat there when when they were offered a first round draft pick. They must have already been going, yeah, yeah, fine, and then they're going. And and an additional drop, yeah, all right, yeah. And then so by by the time they finished, like the guys must have been. Don't worry, he's already he's already on his way. Like he's already on the train. He's coming. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I, I can't. You know, as soon as they said first round draft pick, they must have bitten their hand off. So yeah, I guess you have to look at it this way: if the Vikings are fully stacked and they're going because they've had a couple of good drafts in the last few years, yeah, yeah, they've got Adrian Peterson. I don't know how old he is now, but you know he's probably he's starting to get limited years left if the Vikings are ever going to do it. Hmm. they probably cannot waste a season with the likes of Sean Hill. Now, with all respect to Sean Hill, you know, he, he's always been a decent backup wherever he's gone and he's a serviceable quarterback. Hmm. Sam Bradford coming in does improve that position and it means that maybe the Vikings don't have to waste a season waiting for uh, Teddy to come back. Yeah, it's, you know what? It's it's a ballsy move by the Vikings and I commend them for taking that risk. And again, they would went from... People were tipping them for the Super Bowl when they had Teddy. Now, to be honest with you, I don't particularly know why because from talking to Pro Football Focus founder Neil Hornsby on the podcast, if you haven't listened, I know I mentioned this in the previous one, go back and, and check it out. You know, that they have the most seven-step drops, but then he ends up dumping the ball off in short passes. So I've been having a look at it. I've been trying to break down some analysis on this guy to see what type of tread he is. And you know what? He's very, very similar to Teddy Bridgewater. Now, don't get it sort of twisted here. People are sort of laughing at it, going, oh, Jesus, there you go. You so Sam Bradford was 12th last year for quarterbacks, and Teddy Bridgewater was 13th. So, he, in stat-wise, he's a better quarterback than Teddy Bridgewater. But the problem with him is, and this is the same problem that Teddy Bridgewater had, is that he's an extremely accurate quarterback, but only up to about 10 yards past the line of scrimmage. Then he drops off from the average. So between 11 to you know 40 yards, he's way he's below the average in the NFL. Now the average in the NFL is going to be quite poor because you have guys like you know uh, Blaine Gabbert in there, Colin Kaepernick in there. They're going to lower that average big time, right? Oh um, come on, Blaine Blaine Gabbert is a starter. He's been announced. <laughs> you, we we have to stop taking the mick out of that ball club now. Well, look at. Blaine Gabbert and Colin Kaepernick and to choose between the two of them is the same as choosing between Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump. I mean, you know, it's the best of a bad lot, but you have have to pick one (laughs) of them. Yeah, everyone's a loser here. So, you know, what he does is he's able to dump the ball off nicely in the flat or he's able to, you know, get chunks of yardage, which could potentially lead to your first downs if you pick up five at a time. Uh, But again, that's up to your offensive coordinator. He's going to call some run plays. But, you know, to run through it here and to sort of show you what type of danger... Uh, that this guy is he's been in the league what Ryan seven years or something like that Sam Bradford I think hasn't he he's, he's, well he seems like he's been around for forever Um, I'm going to guess five but I don't know so to look at the amount of offences that this guy's worked in I mean he has on his CV some really cool stuff so he has the West Coast offense, he was in that for a while. Then he went and worked under Josh McDaniels, who had this sort of real Patriot style of, of offense. Then he was dumped into Chip Kelly's up-tempo system. And, uh, you know, Chip Kelly liked to move things along really, really fast and no huddle and all that. So, I mean, that's going to be something that uh, is very coveted here by the Vikings. And then he's now with Norv Turner, who's very into this sort of vertical pass and stuff. Um, you know, so this guy has got a wealth of experience and a massive CV. And the Vikings are doing pretty well. So... 
I mean, with running backs, they're fifth in the league. Offensive line, fifteenth. Uh, their front seven, they're sixth. Their secondary, they're seventh. So, I mean, they they have massive potential here to do really well. The only problem that he's going to face is, is that the receivers that the Vikes have are not good. So they're ranked twenty fourth in the NFL, which again is ridiculous. So you know what type of impact he has? Who knows? But I see the look on your face, Ryan, and I see that look of something's after going down. Do you have some breaking news? Uh, I think we do. The only thing I would say just quickly, and I'm not trying to defend the Vikings, but they've got some good young receivers. And I think, you know, some of them have got a year under their belt now. They might be okay. Probably one of their problems would be is the fact that this guy's got to come in and learn a playbook. So you're probably Mm. still going to see Sean Hill for the first couple of weeks. However, we were just talking about the roster and we thought we'd just got through it. And I think we, (laughs) I think, I think we got a couple of uh, predictions right. So I'm just trying to redeem us here. Okay. So, Geronimo Allison, according to Tom Silverstein on Twitter, again, another guy you should all be following if you're Packers fans. Mm -hmm. Geronimo Allison has uh, turned down multiple offers elsewhere to sign with the Packers practice squad. Yeah. um, Which is good. Uh, And then Michael Cohen has just announced that the Packers have waived running back Brandon Burks, which we literally have just said would probably happen. uh, And that, that, that move is to create room for Jarrell Presley. Yeah. Now, the other one I'm seeing on here, and this one's unconfirmed at the minute, I can't get it uh, one way or the other. It's literally all happening now. So um, it looks like, again, this is unconfirmed, but multiple people saying that Brett Good has been signed, but does anybody know who's been cut? However, that's not coming from anything official. So not sure on that one. I'll keep an eye on it and uh, I'll be waving at you madly if it, if it comes up. <laughs> yeah, do you know what, actually? I think we've cut the podcast. I think this is it. I think we've, we've went through what we have. But one thing is just, and again, it's just live reaction. Geronimo Allison, that's an interesting one, isn't it? Because a guy with massive, massive potential. We've seen him haul in some crazy passes in preseason from Callahan. For him to turn down other teams to sign to a practice squad for a team that has seven wide receivers on the active roster... You know. It seems it seems crazy, but then I guess you've got to ask yourself, if you're a young guy, what's what's the likelihood? Uh, you know, unless he goes and joins like the likes of the Browns or the Chiefs that never really have any decent uh, wideouts, you know, and then what's his chances of winning anything? Is he best off staying at a ball club like the Packers, learning from the likes of Randall Cobb, Jordy Nelson, having a quarterback like Aaron Rodgers throwing to him? Maybe he just sees that as his best position at the minute. If he leaves, does he just go to another practice squad? The other thing is as well now, he knows the coaches here. They know him. There's probably, you know, if the Packers want him, then he knows he's not just going to turn up somewhere else, be on a practice squad for a few weeks and cut. So there's probably a bit of uh, the fact that he's familiar with the Packers and as well, like I said, look around him. Look who he's got to learn from. Yeah, true too. Um, and I hope it pays off for him, but I hope it's not at the expense of someone else getting injured. But again, we've seen Jeff Janis with that injury. Um, and we've seen him being criticised for his route running. Um, so yeah, who knows? But I, I think Ryan, I think that brings us to an end. That uh, it's been a whirlwind of a week with the roster cuts, and by the looks of it, we're not over. Um, but again, we'll we'll touch base on the next podcast. Thanks everybody for listening. Again, subscribe on iTunes. And for those of you who are having a problem, because we do get people saying that they're having a problem downloading the podcast, it works if you. No, it's horrible. I'm saying this, but I'll finish it. Unsubscribe. Uh, delete all of the podcasts that you've listened to or whatever and then I think if you download them individually they work and then you can resubscribe again and everything works fine um, and again we we contacted Apple and what we got back was uh, tell them to uh, turn the phone off and back on again so yes inspired thank you Apple for that lovely advice but again so from myself at NFL on Twitter and Ryan at Ryan Peacock NFL on Twitter it's goodbye for now 
It's not quite goodbye. Long Snapper Good has just been confirmed as being re-signed. Goodbye. <laughs>